previously on At The Movies with Arch Campbell and Lou Katz. This is the Katz Podcasting System. Do uh, affiliates cut away when they... (laughs) When they hear those chimes. That's the funniest thing I've heard. Affiliate? A what? Our affiliates, they cut away for the local news. Yeah, (laughs) that's uh, the the long list zero of affiliates, yes. At the movies (laughs) with Arch Campbell and Luke Katz. Oh, boy. It officially begins. Oh. Right now. Oh, my. Well, who are you? I am Luke Katz, former Uh, legendary Washington radio host. You're a legend in my mind, I'll tell you. I'm going to give you some applause. Well, thank you very much. And bang on the table right now. And more importantly, we welcome that <laughs> grand old man of movie guys. Old? Nah. It's Arch Campbell. That's right. <laughs> old but aged. So, you know, that counts. Right. So, so here we are this week, another edition, Lou. And uh, and next week is our going to be our gala Thanksgiving podcast. Very We're cool. going to do some special things. I don't want to give it away, but Shit. we have some special events coming up next week. This week, you and I saw a movie together that we both loved, and yeah. it's Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah. And the interesting thing to me about watching that with you is I learned that you are a car guy. I am, to a certain degree, a car guy, yeah. You could say that. I I took a ride with you over to Channel 26 right. the other day. And right, with the top down in, in, in my little German sports car there. It felt yes. like Henry Ford getting a test drive on the uh, on the test thing here. It's Matt Damon and uh, Christian Bale, and it's the true story of Ford deciding to get into the racing world uh, in the early 60s as a way to appeal to young uh young guys uh, and women uh, who were about to buy their first car. Right, and of course, it was right around the same time the Mustang was introduced. And uh, it was interesting. I don't know the name of the uh, actor who played Lee Iacocca, but there's the role of Lee Iacocca in the movie. It was Iacocca's idea that Ford should get into racing. And they try to buy Ferrari, and Ferrari blows them off and, and makes Henry Ford the second mad. And so he decides that uh, they'll get into the uh, racing business. And uh, Damon and Christian Bale just show a wonderful team-like friendship of, uh, you know, kind of a Newman and Redford uh, thing that uh, ultimately uh, succeeds. And uh, I just I thought it was a great old-fashioned, old-style movie. I just loved it. Taking place in the 60s. And, you mm-hmm. know, I thought that uh, Matt Damon as Carol Shelby yeah. was fantastic. And I think this movie, Arch, will appeal to people who aren't even into cars. Uh, because there's, uh, there's a great uh, relationship between... Uh, Christian Bale as uh, Ken Miles, the race car driver, and his wife and his child, and uh, there's uh, corporate stuff, and you know it's it's I think it's a real family film. Race car films are hard to uh, to make, and uh, this one I think just succeeds particularly. The other, you know, as I was watching it, I remembered the first new car I ever bought was able to buy was a 1967 Mustang. Wow. And I was just so proud of that car. And, you know, basically, 
It had a 289 engine, an air conditioning, and an automatic transmission. It was by no means a fast car, but it was such a good-looking car, and I was so proud of that car, 67 Mustang. What color was it? Do you remember? It was kind of the aqua greenish blue. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's the upside. The downside is... <laughs> It was a Ford. It was a Ford, number one. Found on road dead. (laughs) Fix or repair daily. (laughs) Or fix or repair daily. (laughs) The paint job went bad Uh, after about, you know, it was that the first of the metallic paint jobs. It went bad after about three years. It just faded. So I would take it over to Beebrick every, (laughs) every year and a half or so and get it repainted. And then that paint would would fade away right so but we're fans of this and we enjoyed it and uh let's bring in another guy from our era to uh, talk more about ford versus ferrari who you got now well we love to talk to our friends on this program and pick their brains because god knows we don't have enough brains so let's bring in our dear pal bill newcott he's the film reviewer for the saturday evening post He's had a long career with AARP. He's the guy who invented movies for grown-ups. And, Bill, you are the one grown-up we can have on this podcast, so thanks for being with us. <laughs> the grown-up in the room. Thank you. Actually, my studio, my studio, my quote studio, unquote, is a closet just off the bathroom. Let me get my water pick, and I will pick my brain for you. Uh, we're glad you're in the closet with us here. Thank you. Thank you. We're in an underground bunker, which you have visited. So, uh, you know, and we get you to come back and visit soon. And I want you to chime in on Ford versus Ferrari, because Lou and I saw it together and both of us just thought it was terrific. Probably because we and you are of that age that we remember the 60s and the and the hot cars. What's your take on Ford Ferrari? So, were, you a, were you a muscle car guy? Uh, well, I owned a 1967 Mustang, uh, and it had air conditioning and automatic and air conditioning, and uh, <laughs> that was that was hot enough for me. I, I did love that car until I uh, messed up the front end. <laughs> oh, but, well, I, I love Ford versus Ferrari. I, it, it's the Fast and Furious with brains, I think. <laughs> well, I thought it had that old school touch, you know, the old school of the underdogs fighting the corporations and fighting the overseas uh, titan and uh, friendship and, uh, you know, the independent streak and, and all of those old school things. And, and they pulled it off. The partnership reminded me in some ways, it's more gentle in the other film, but it, but uh, Paul Newman and Robert Redford in, uh-huh. in their film, where there's this, and you have here's these two, there are few bigger stars than Christian Bale and Matt Damon, and you don't always get chemistry between stars. Sometimes they're just hired yeah. like in silos, and then they show up and they do their part, but they really do mesh well in their banter and in their kind of brotherly rivalry and there's a great great scene when they have a all-out fist fight in front of the one guy's house <laughs> rolling around on the in the dirt they're rolling around and 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 the and the driver's uh christian bale's wife just comes out with a lawn chair and sits down and just decides to watch it <laughs> just doesn't try to break it up it's a lot of fun and and i think the most fun as fun as they are for me the most fun in that film is uh, uh tracy letts as Henry Ford II, and especially the scene when he talks Matt Damon's character and taking him for a spin in the new race car. <laughs> yes, that's the high point of the movie. Which is one of the funniest 
funniest scenes of the year. I think it's, it's, it's hilarious. Tracy Letts has really emerged as somebody to watch. I mean, you know, he's a playwright. And he's married to the actress Carrie Coons, which I congratulate him for. And uh, his appearances uh, in the films he's done are are quite good. Maybe because you know he's a writer and I'm a writer, so I, I guess I, I I credit his writing with being the that what makes him such a great actor. But he he has a real interior life. That character he's Henry Ford. I mean, he could have been played as a cipher. Right, Henry Ford the second. He could have been just played as your stock. Um, you know, executive, but you see the wheels turning behind those eyes, and the, the scene when the when his executives come back from talking to Ferrari in Italy, and the plot, the beginning of the plot is that the thing turns on Ford thinking he's going to get to buy Ferrari, and Ferrari's just stringing him along, and at the end, not only turns down their offer, but insults Henry Ford II <laughs> by saying, he's not Henry Ford, he's Henry Ford II. second. <laughs> You're the second. <laughs> and then he adds, and he's fat. Uh, yes, and, and Tracy Letts does play him as corpulent, shall we say. He does, he does. I hope he's okay. Generously built. I, I just, I loved it, and I love when you stumble on that kind of a movie, Ford v. Ferrari, so uh, we're together on that. I want to ask you about a movie that I'm very fond of, opening next week for Thanksgiving and I think will be a contender. And that, of course, is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. I loved it from the from the first frame. And you know, you you and I, we are we're almost too old to have kids who watch Mister Rogers. Mm-hmm. Kind of, he was eighties and stuff, uh, really when he when he when he became legendary. Right. And my children didn't really watch him that much, so I don't know why I have this nostalgia for Mister Rogers. But I think I'm in the same place as millions of other people who just yearn for that kindness and that niceness. And Tom Hanks, of course, embodies it from his body of work. So he's the perfect guy to play Mr. Rogers. And I think he's fantastic. We should uh, mention that Hanks is the supporting character in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, that actually it's the story of the journalist played by Matthew Rise, who is also a great emerging actor. When he's in something, I want to see it. And it's... uh, about a friendship of a journalist and uh, Mr. Rogers and Mr. Rogers helping that journalist confront his uh, abusive father and uh, and to deal with his childhood and his past. I think people will be very surprised. I think so, too, uh, because you're sort of expecting, you know, we had the biography of Mr. Rogers last year mm-hmm. in the, in the, uh, the documentary, Once You Be My Neighbor, which is my favorite documentary from last year. Which most people thought should have won the Oscar. And didn't. So we don't need that story. What we need is the story about how Mr. Rogers touched one life in particular, and by extension, millions of other lives, and how he got people, and particularly Matthew Rice's character, in touch with the child that he that's still kind of lurking inside him and is still hurt. Gosh, I mean, it, you, it, it's hard not for the most hardened film critic not to get all weepy at right. this one. <laughs> And there, and the whimsical touches to the film, and it's not giving much away as people are talking about it, is the, the establishing shots in this film. It's like the, the, the opening establishing shot of is that wonderful little model of Mr. Rogers' neighborhood with the little toy car going by. It's very familiar. Then the camera pulls back, and you're in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And it's a, it's a gigantic model, like a children's model, of Pittsburgh. And they pull back, and there's the river, and there's the funicular going up the hill. And then when Mr. Rogers goes to New York, or when the, when, when the character goes to New York, the writer goes back to New York, 
It's a toy plane landing at a fake airport. It's 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 whimsical and magical, and it's just it doesn't pull you out of that sense of remembering being a child. And a wonderful uh, date to open the day before Thanksgiving. I think those two films, Ford v Ferrari and uh, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, are uh, two holiday uh, must sees. Uh, There's a movie opening this weekend I want to mention, uh, The Report, with Adam Driver, another uh, actor whom I think when he does something, I want to see it. And I I was so looking forward to The Report, the story of the Senate investigator who uh, investigates the CIA's use of torture. And about a third of the way into The Report, oh, pardon me, I'm... Dozing off here. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> Shall we have another speech? <laughs> no. What I, uh, the thing about that film I, is the, uh, the most exciting part of that film, mm-hmm. the, most, uh, the, the, most, the action of that film is fingers on a keyboard. Uh, <laughs> I just, you know. Or flipping through stacks of paper and, and characters like slapping their foreheads and saying, this is incredible. I can't believe this changes everything. And then you have uh, Annette Bening, the one, the greatest, great, the greatest living screen actress, I think. Annette Bening as the, Senator Dianne Feinstein, and she gets to sit on a couch. Right. <laughs> and she sinks into the couch. Did you notice that? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like they didn't even. They should have had a, a stiffer cushions for her. Are you sure about these facts? <laughs> He's like his mother. <laughs> I. Because it wanted to be all the president's men, and uh, you can't be all the president's men unless you really reach that gold standard. Ford v. Ferrari did get the gold standard of uh, of uh, Redford and Newman. Uh, this uh, doesn't come close. It's just extremely boring. I don't know about you, but I hated it. Yeah, I think if if if, if, if any had found some change in the couch, it would have been a big finish to that film. <laughs> Now, I want to ask you about something that has got to be close to your heart, and it is a documentary. It's a CNN film documentary, and uh, it's the story of the National Enquirer, and the name of the doc is Scandalous. I think it opens this week. And you worked at the National Enquirer. I gave my youth to the National Enquirer. I was there for 10 years. I was a writer at the National Enquirer from 1980 to 1990, which is, it's just after the Elvis thing. Like, Elvis was 77, I guess. So I can't, I guess they're shortly after that. But I was there for pretty much the golden years. Scandalous. The scandal of Elvis, wasn't it, that they showed him in his coffin? Yes. <laughs> they got a picture of him. They, uh, I always say we. I wasn't there. We got a, we got a guy to disguise himself as a priest. <laughs> <laughs> and he hit, had a, gave him a little camera, and he walked in on the line. First, we had a cousin to take pictures. And this guy actually covered in the film. And they showed the frames. <laughs> you hired a cousin of his who said, yeah, well, I'll do it. And he goes in there, and these three times with one-shot cameras, because it was just like, like spy cameras, you know, in those days. Uh-huh. And the first one is of a chandelier of the roof, the ceiling <laughs> of the room. The other is of his foot. He couldn't ever get the camera right. Uh-huh. So, 
they, they fired him and got a guy that who knew how to what he was doing to dress up like a priest and hide a camera under his cassock, and he got he got that shot. It was a wonderful. I mean, that's sleazy and awful in, in some ways, but terrifically wonderful in other ways. And then they uh, they indicate that the Inquirer on the Gary Hart case, when they published the picture of Hart uh, on Monkey Business with Donna Rice, that that suddenly gave the National Enquirer credibility that they were they were getting things that the mainstream. Uh, press uh, didn't. Because we were willing to pay for it. And actually, I was involved in the Gary Hart story. It was, that was a Friday night, and I was sitting around the office with the other guys, and this this Polaroid picture came in from Fort Lauderdale of uh, Gary Hart with Donna Rice with the monkey business. And we were, we were passing it around saying, gee, is this, is this for us? Is this the kind of thing we do? Do we do politics? And, and, and of course, we did, and we paid heavily for it. And, that's, and that was the, the draft on the Inquirer was that they paid for stories. To this day, Arch, I defend checkbook uh, journalism because someone will tell you information for free, probably has an axe to grind, right? And probably wants they're, they're motivated by revenge or ambition. Someone who's paying, someone you're paying for the information, they're motivated by the money, right? And they know that if they if they screw you over and give you bad information, you're never going to pay them again. And the Inquirer bought the rights to the Donna Rice picture in perpetuity. Is that right? Yes, they did. It was like almost $80,000, and that's why they it did not show up in that uh, movie, uh, The Front Runner, which I thought totally missed the point. The thing that sunk Gary Hart was that picture. Right. The, the, he dropped out of the race before the picture came out. They had kind of nailed him with uh, a woman, with Donna Rice, before the picture came out, and he dropped out of the race. But he was leaving open the option of coming back in when, other, when the other candidates were floundering, and he probably would have come back in eventually. The photograph, which came out one month later, nailed his coffin. Yeah, yeah. Now everyone could see something. And uh, it was a mistake of that film to leave it out. But uh, again, again, this movie scandalous. It, it, I, know all, I know every one of those guys and women who are in that film, and they're all uh, 20. I knew them all when they were young, and they all look a whole lot older now. I, I'm, unlike me, I'd be, instant, I'd be instantly recognizable, but they're not. Well, and th- then they go on to indicate that the change in ownership, and then the, the uh, original guy died, and then a new owner came in, and then then they they sold to David Pecker. And, and that is true. Yeah, in fact, that was the, re- that was the reason I left the Inquirer. I didn't feel the, the new owners were... Uh, <laughs> they were quite as upright as, as, new, as the old guy, which is crazy. Well, they didn't have that sense of fun that the original guy had. So uh, it looks like I, I hope that CNN airs it. Oh, they will. They, it'll go on. I, I, I encourage everyone to see it. it. It really does get to the root of what made the Inquirer a really great place to work. Actually, it was hard. It was. They were, they were, the film is right. They talk about the bloodbath every Friday night where they would... Gene Pope would come through, the, the publisher would come through and fire four guys. Oh, man. Who, who didn't have a great rate week. Wow. And it was all based on story production. Those were the days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, imagine that people getting fired. Second place was a set of steak knives. <laughs> Third place, you're fired. <laughs> Bill, it's always great talking to you. You're our, our favorite grown up and probably the only grown up to appear. <laughs> On this podcast, and I think we're very uh, hot on uh, Ford versus Ferrari and on a beautiful day in the neighborhood. And uh, Scandalous will uh, look for uh, in theaters and at CNN. Okay, 
It's a pleasure, Art. Hey, there's one other movie I want to mention that we haven't gotten around to, and it's The Good Liar. Have you seen the trailer for this? No. It's Ian McKellen and Helen Mirren, both, uh, you know, actors in their in the autumn of their lives, and she meets him through the computer, and he, we discover, is a con man, and he is trying to con her, and because it's the kind of movie it is, you know there's going to be a twist, and uh, who will be conning whom is uh, of great interest in this. Uh, Lots of twists, great fun, there is a nice role. You know who Jim Carter is? He's an English actor who plays uh, Mr. Carson on Downton Abbey. Well, you <laughs> know me. I ne- D- Downton what? <laughs> You're <laughs> not a Downton in, Abbey guy. Never got into the this, show. No. This guy, is is uh, he's a very prominent uh, character on Downton Abbey, and he is um, Ian McKellen's uh, sidekick. His his fellow henchman, and I've seen a lot worse movies. It gets a little slow. It takes its time, but uh, the the actors are great, and uh, I'm going to give it almost three stars, almost three barks. Well, I, I so, like Helen Mirren. I think yeah. she's fantastic. I don't think I've ever seen her in a dog movie before. So. <laughs> Not even on hound radio Hmm. and speaking of that (laughs) lou it's time for your official announcement that's right ladies and gentlemen at the movies with arch campbell Mm -hmm. and lou katz Mm. and a cast of thousands (laughs) comes to you direct from the cats podcasting system (laughs) operating from an underground bunker buried deep Deep beneath Bethesda, (laughs) Maryland. It's deep in here. It certainly is. (laughs) This is the CATS podcasting system. Now, uh, when the chimes ring, is that the signal for the affiliates to cut away? (laughs) No, that's time for us to go take a bathroom break. (laughs) (laughs) Does that mean dinner is served? Exactly. I love that. Let me tell you a little bit about Hound Radio. Mm. One of the busiest internet stations on the internet. Oh. We finally got around Arch to doing our very first bagel brunch. Oh, you did the bagel brunch we with went Bethesda out Bagels? Earlier this week, one of our listeners, Joe Mello, with Valcourt Building Services over oh, in Tyson's Corner yeah, entered yeah. through HoundRadio.com, and Steve Fleischman gave me a huge spread from Bethesda bagels. Wow. It was a wow. it was like a catered we had like a dozen bagels and oh, all kinds of schmear. It. We had love cream it. cheese. We had oh. and then and then on top of that, Arch, we mm. also brought along a dessert tray. Ooh. And orange juice and all the goodies. Oh my it, it goodness. It was fantastic. So wow. Joe was very appreciative. And of course we here at Hound Radio are very appreciative with a thanks out to our pal Steve Fleischman with Bethesda Bagels. And I did ask him, by the way, when we can get our free food. <laughs> and for some reason, he had to, he had to take a call at that point, and he ran off. So he I don't know, to, don't know what that means. To turn the bagels. <laughs> but anyway, Hound Radio has been yeah. around for coming up on two years now. We're an adult contemporary music station. We have contests and movie screenings. Like the great old days of FM radio. Yeah, sort of like that. that and uh, no longer exists. True. And so we offer a little alternative, and we hopefully will... Uh, have you as a family member at houndradio.com. 
You're listening to At The Movies with Arch Campbell and Lou Katz and a cast of thousands. Uh, I do have a shout-out now that we're back on the air. I want to give a shout-out to Jen Cheney, our dear friend who was on last week. And she told me to uh, start watching The Watchmen on HBO. Have you tried that yet? No, I told my wife one day we got to see it, but there's so much stuff to see. I, well, it's you crazy. know, we've run out of stuff, so... Um, <laughs> So I I tuned into the Watchman. You can't uh, binge it because it comes every right. once a week. Right. So I think there's four or five episodes now, and I like it a lot. It's Regina King. It's set in Tulsa, Oklahoma. A uh, right wing uh, group has uh, targeted police, so the police to um, protect themselves wear masks. And then there's this sci-fi component, and then there's a guy played by uh, Jeremy Irons who's uh, somewhere inventing stuff, including he creates humans, humanoids. And uh, Lou Gossett is there uh, as a figure who's 120 years old. It's just, it's bizarre, and, uh, and I like it. It piques your interest. Yeah, you? yeah. So I've been going around the house wearing a mask. <laughs> just to, Hoping to develop just new to, human beings on the side. That's it. So okay. The Watchmen. All right. Hey, I, and I want to start including uh, something that's, you know, just the movie recommendations uh, of the day. And I just want to mention again that you and I really like Ford v. Ferrari. Yeah. Uh, four stars. And I really like The Irishman which will come to Netflix the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And there's a South Korean movie called Parasite. Did I ever tell you about Parasite? No. It's this family of uh, who uh, get involved with a wealthy family in South Korea, and pretty soon they get the entire their entire family involved with the wealthy family. And the wealthy family is kind of too uh, dumb to see what's going on. And then it takes some twists. And I got a feeling that Parasite is going to win the Oscar for Best Foreign Film. Really? So uh, it, it is South Korean, but uh, it's quite a thriller. You heard that one here first. Yeah. Already an Oscar prediction coming yeah. in from Arch yeah. Campbell. Yeah. There you go. Oscars are early, by the way. They're February 9th next year. They I thought they usually them. in March, right? Yeah, they moved them up. Because uh, they're getting undercut by all the other awards uh, ceremonies. So they moved it up. And uh, one last movie, Jojo Rabbit, which Jen talked about last week. That's the kid whose uh, imaginary friend is Hitler. Mm. Scarlett Johansson's in it. It's quite funny and quite uh, dark and uh, very interesting. So uh, that's kind of the uh, movie recommendations we got. Ford v. Ferrari, The Irishman, Parasite, Jojo Rabbit. Plenty to see out there. Yeah, there we go. So where are we now? What's the time for now? You know, I think, Arch, I think it's that time. It's unavoidable (laughs) at this point. What time is it? It's time for Ask Arch. Uh, Are we doing that again? Yes, we are. And we know this this is is the part. It's kind of a regular feature. It is. This is the part that everybody (laughs) fast forwards to or skips out on, depending (laughs) upon what you like. Ask Arch. It's where you... Our podcast listener uh, yes. uh, gets to ask the questions. Ah, uh, well, who have we heard from this week? 
right, let's go to our very first one. <laughs> oh, this and one is this from, came through the mail. Came through, right? through the actual they, mail. They here. mailed it to the uh, Cats Podcasting, right, exactly, Bethesda, Maryland. Tom Havel, oh, of Chevy Chase writes, Doctor Tom Havel, mm-hmm. Doctor oh, Tom Havel, goodness, that's right. A doctor wrote in. Well, I've been good. looking at used cars. The doctor wants to buy really? a used car. Doctor Tom Havel. Uh-huh. I, I mm. met a salesman the other day mm, with yeah. an unusual title. He's a used car salesman. Mm-hmm. And he has an unusual title. Can you guess the title? I know of all about this guy. The the used car salesman with the unusual title calls himself a car dealologist. <laughs> car dealologist? <laughs> Cardiologist. Yeah, I, I know where you... uh-huh. Okay. Doctor. A doctor sent that doctor in. Sent that the right. Car deal on. All right, who we got here now? Allison Alexander mm, of Alexandria. Oh, she's still in Alexandria. And still writing in. I thought she moved to Arlington. She but, writes mm-hmm. Arch. Yes. And it looks like this is there's a lot of car car oh, themes. You to think this. there's a car mm-hmm, theme because of the, uh, yeah, the Ford V Ferrari. Ferrari. Oh yeah. She yeah, writes. My hmm. Ford Fiesta stopped running. <laughs> the Fiesta stopped running. Oh, a big surprise. Hmm. So I changed its name. You changed the name of the Ford Fiesta. All right. Allison Alexander <laughs> yep. changed the name. Can you guess the new name of my non-operating <laughs> Ford Fiesta? Yes, yes. That's her Ford Siesta. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, it's the getting Ford better. Siesta. It's getting better. Mm-hmm. I like this one. And yeah. all right, we've got yeah. time for one more here. Allison Alexander. Who, who wrote in this time? Of Alexander. <clears throat> she uh, writes in a lot. We hear from and her. And so does her, this yeah. new, this next letter. Uh, uh, Latanya Horn. Oh, I love Latanya Horn. Of Arlington writes yeah. in, and she says, "Arch, I yes. dreamed I was a muffler." <laughs> <laughs> what? A, what am I, Sigmund Freud? I dreamed. I dreamed I was a muffler. Do you know what happened when I woke up? She dreamed she was a muffler, and when she woke up, she was exhausted. <laughs> I'm telling you, Arch. Oh, you're killing me. By the way, <laughs> thank you for those yeah. cards and letters. That's and, right. And keep them coming. Yeah, and let's give a shout-out to Bill Newcott for calling in today. And uh, always uh, thank you for listening. And to uh, end the show, I asked Lou to pick something from Ford versus Ferrari. The soundtrack, Great soundtrack. is just full of stuff. Is this... Yeah, your your radio career started in the seventies, mm-hmm. early seventies. So I guess some of these songs you would have played as oldies. Yeah, well, this particular instrumental uh, from the Birds, which is featured on hmm. the soundtrack of Ford v Ferrari, was never a big hit song, but I think it just fits perfect with the movie and our whole uh, automobile theme as we wrap up the show. Well, there you go. Well, thanks for being here, Lou. Always good to to be with you.
At the Movies with Arch Campbell and Lou Katz and a cast of thousands comes to you by way of the Katz Podcasting System. Katz, America's number one name in delicatessens, Broadway musicals, and podcasting.